Welcome to Senior Moments with God. I am your host, Gretchen, and I'm so happy you have joined in today on this little podcast. The purpose today and always is to share women's stories for God's glory. And as we age, we, we know sometimes those stories, they're just lost, or people are tired of hearing them, or we just think they're not important as our families and friends rush in this busy time of life for them as we slow down. But each story is important. You know that. I know that. And most of all, God knows that because they're for his glory. Senior Moments, I tell you, the, the title really applies to me this week and to some of my friends. It's been a tough week and I'm laughing outside, but not necessarily inside. My friend shared, though, a senior moment that happened to her recently, Sandy. It was so funny. She said that she took her friend out for her birthday. She realized, or she thought she realized, that she had forgotten her birthday. So Sandy, who is an artist, made the most beautiful uh, tray, serving tray for her friend, specially handcrafted just for her. She took her to lunch and she gave her her birthday card and she said, this is for you. I'm so sorry I missed your birthday. Later, after the sweet time together of fellowship, she went back to her home and she saw on her calendar that her friend's birthday is not until August. (laughs) Her friend didn't even say anything, I guess because she was so touched by the gift. Or maybe she hopes to have a second one in August. That's not much. Today, or the other day, I mailed a package to a friend, and I got the right address, but the wrong name on it. Fortunately, it did arrive to, to the, the right place, but just the wrong person's name on it. But it has been an interesting week for those of us in Senior Moments. We were in a terrible car accident, and I'll tell you more about that later as we work through those details. My daughter was literally stranded on a trip to Israel for her college, and I'll tell you more about that later too. But we do have also a story from a sweet sister, Lana, from Southern Illinois, who shares her story as well. The theme through all these stories will be thankfulness, thanking our Father through all the tough times and good times, and especially for his mercy and grace. So, ladies, grab your cup of coffee, open your hearts, open your minds, and open that precious Bible as we prepare to hear stories for God's glory. So let's begin with a story that Lana shared. First of all, a little bit about Lana. She is a gorgeous woman. She is not senior by any any stretch of it. She is younger, a younger mom. She has four children, and um, she says, you know, she's pretty much known Jesus all her life. She was baptized and, and made a decision to commit her life 
when she was a teen or maybe 12, getting ready to be a teenager. She says she's always been an old soul. And I, I like that, an old soul in her story with Jesus. I ask her today, how is her walk? Because the story she's going to share was when she was a child. And she says she has an even stronger relationship with Jesus. He's helped her face challenges and navigate through life. She doesn't know where she would be without Jesus. So her story starts out, uh, she wanted to share it and have me read it instead. Um, she starts out though with Psalm 34, 7. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Lana says, my family and I enjoyed and still do horseback riding. In fact, the way I know Lana is through her friend, Debbie, who is also in this story. And Debbie shared previously the story of the blue chair. And I encourage you, if you haven't heard it, it is about the power of the intervention of prayer and the impact. So she was friends with Debbie, even though she was quite a bit younger. And Debbie was also on this in this camp and also an amazing horseback rider or equestrian, I guess you would say. So she said, my family and I enjoyed and still do enjoy horseback riding. For years, we would camp each summer at the nine day trail ride in Pope County, which is in Southern Illinois. While there, we rode trails, exploring the beauty of the Southern part of Illinois, camped, visited with friends. One particular afternoon, my niece, Sherry, who's only two years younger than I, and I were visiting the camp of our dear friend, Debbie. I was probably 12 and Sherry would have been around 10. And we were inside Debbie's tent, playing cards, laughing, and having fun as only children can. Unknown to us, a storm suddenly blew up. There was a loud crash that left our ears ringing and left us quite stunned. After a few minutes, we heard people outside of our tent saying, do you think there's anyone left in there? Then someone yelled, hey, anyone in there? Debbie unzipped the tent and we three gals crawled out much to everyone's surprise. It was then we discovered the tree behind the tent had been struck by lightning. Splinters of wood lay on top of the tent and the ground surrounding it. A small crowd had formed and someone commented, someone was certainly watching over the three girls. That tree stood for years with the lightning strike mark burned into the trunk from way up high all the way to the bottom. It was a reminder to us year after year of God's love, his power, his protection. We do serve a mighty God. He wasn't finished with us yet. And we three will always be forever thankful. Thankful. It is amazing, that story. And I'm so glad that Lana shares it as a reminder that we all need to be thankful. And that story will continue to share with others, realizing the grace and the mercy of our Lord, Jesus Christ. Lately, I have been very thankful, but I wanna share some honesty with you too. 
recently, just last week, we were, uh, my husband was in a terrible car accident. I wish I could show you the picture because you would understand why I'm a little choked up right now. He was on his way from St. Louis on Highway 270, which is a multi-lane major highway, and he was going to his nephew's high school graduation. Suddenly, he started being rammed on the driver's side of the car. Now, first of all, I want to say thank you, God, for having my husband drive in the far right lane. We usually argue about hogging the left lane, the speed lane, and this time, even without me in the car, he had decided to drive in the far right lane. Praise God. As he is driving, his car is suddenly being rammed at full speed on the highway, on his side. The bags deploy, his tires go flat, but he is able, because he's on the right side of the highway, to pull over to the shoulder. The car who's hitting him flies up into the air, and if you can picture it like a movie, flips front engine over trunk several times before landing upside down, and the man who hit him had had a seizure and was not in control and he was upside down in the car, belted in. Ladies, the car behind my husband that struggled not to run into my husband as well and saw everything that happened, the driver was a nurse. The driver was a nurse. She managed to pull over, got out of the car, quickly ran to my husband to check on him and then ran to minister to the man who had had the seizure. She told the, the trooper she saw the whole thing and she would be a witness, but she ministered first and foremost to the safety and health. People started pulling over to assist as well. Praise God, my husband did not have a single scratch. Now, if you saw the car, you would see the side completely caved in on the driver's side and airbags deployed all along the side. And I am so thankful and I've been praising God, but I'm going to confess. Lately, dealing with the insurance company, I began to grumble. You know what I mean? Trying to find a car, rent a car, Going through the debate, is this car totaled? How much money will we receive? Can we afford a new car if they don't give us enough? If they decide that it's not totaled, it will be months in repair. What will we do? And I have to commit, confess to you that I have let worry fill my heart and mind and overshadow the miracle that occurred and the need to continue in a spirit of thankfulness. Also at the same time, my daughter, who is with a team of students from Sanford University in Alabama, went to Israel for an amazing, amazing walk where Jesus walked. And the past several days, she's been sending me pictures and text and history, and she's feeling the Bible come to life to her 21-year-old mind. 
And it's been a major blessing. And then suddenly it's time to get my daughter home. And for three days, she has been stranded in the Tel Aviv airport. And this mama's heart began to fill with worry and anxiety. And every little thing from then on has just impacted me so. The lawnmower breaks down and of course the grass is finally growing. <laughs> the power with the air conditioning goes out just as it's getting in the upper 80s to 90s. Everything just seemed to take my eyes off of the mercy and grace of Jesus. And I have been reading, rereading a book I really recommend for any of you women out there who struggle with worry or anxiety. It's Calm My Anxious Heart by Linda Dillow. It is, I've, I've read it so many times, but this chapter she has on worry is like a rocking chair. She says, worry's like a rocking chair. It will give you something to do, but it won't get you anywhere. George Miller says, the beginning of anxiety is the end of faith. All our fret and worry are caused by calculating without God. When we worry, we're saying, God can't. If we're walking in anxiety, how are we walking in faith? We want to be women of faith, but often worry becomes our middle name. We know the agony of its clutches. We're familiar with that small trickle of fear that meanders through our minds until it cuts a channel into which all other thoughts are drained. Ladies, we must conquer this disease. So I'm so glad for Linda Dillow's words and I want to return my focus to Jesus and say again, thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much for your mercy, your grace, your protection. I don't want to be like that one man, like the nine men who did not return and thank Jesus when they were healed. As a child, I was often just in wonder at this story. It's in Luke 17, 11 to 19 where it says, as Jesus went to Jerusalem, he passed between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, there he met 10 men who were lepers. These were the social outcast. They stood at a distance, but they lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said to them, go, Show yourselves to the priest. All whom the Father gives me, he says in John, will come to me, and he who comes to me I will never cast out. Jesus did not turn down the outcast of society. So, what happened? As they went, they were cleansed. They didn't even make it to the high priest. They were cleansed on the way. Can you imagine what that must have felt like? to be walking and you see your diseased skin and body healing and restoring and recreating. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned with a loud voice, glorifying God, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. 
Now think about that. The one who was a Samaritan, who was another class of people who were social outcast by the Jews at that time, he returned and became part of God's kingdom. Jesus says, were not the ten cleansed? Where, Where are the nine? Were there not any found to return and give glory to God except this foreigner? Oh, Father, forgive me for taking my eyes off of you and looking at the things instead of the grace and mercy you showed. Thank you for your protection for Lina. Thank you for protection for Debbie and all who were in that tent. Thank you for protecting my husband. Thank you that you will return my daughter back to the United States so that she may share her experiences of walking where Jesus walked. Thank you for each woman, Father, who's listening to this story. May they recall, even now, with tears of gratitude, all the times that you have walked through the storms with them. Thank you, Father. Thank you for these stories, for your glory.